Good day, all, and welcome to the seventh episode of LA Unmastered. I'm LA, hosting as always. This episode's going to be a little bit different. This week, we're going straight into Unmastered, so we can talk about what's really on everyone's mind, which is obviously Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Yo, I was convinced that that had to be a bonus scene from Borat, because there was no way that that could have been real life. Like, I'm still not entirely sure, because that was just too much. I've said it all year, the only one having a good time in 2020 is Karma. On some real shit, though, I want to talk about the election, the results, especially the demographics, our responsibility now that it's over, what this means for our future, and most importantly, the silver lining in all of this, including the last four years. But since this is a podcast about life and music, there will still be a top five. On election day and throughout the week, I asked my peeps on Instagram what songs they're listening to to get them through. It is honestly a whole vibe of a playlist. So I want to share with you my top five favorite entries. All right, y'all, let's get right into it. America girl, we did it. Dumpster has officially been voted out of office. And the fact that we found out on a Saturday was just the cherry on the Sunday. The one thing I heard over and over that day, and truly the first thing I felt, was relief. Relief that this election was finally over. And most importantly, that that dingus was voted out of office. Another word I consistently heard, and it was my most dominant feeling, honestly, was joy. For me, yes, I felt joy knowing he would no longer be the president come January 2021. But that was not the root of my joy. It was the fact that more than half of this country came together and did what we had to do. Most of us, well, more than half of us, agreed on the same thing, getting him out. That was the number one priority, and we managed to do it successfully. Don't get me wrong, it was kind of touch and go there for a minute, but we did it. A major shout out to my fellow progressives who did what we had to do. It was not easy, especially the black left and progressives. At the end of the day, we knew where we were at. Biden and Harris are not the best choice for this nation. But nothing could be worse than reliving these last four years over again. And that's the thing. I saw some people saying that Biden and Harris would be worse. Real talk, that's some bullshit. Will it be better? Not by much, but yeah. Here's the deal. 
It's called accountability. We must hold these politicians accountable as well as ourselves. Understand, we are not responsible for this mess, but we're in it. We have a choice. We can continue blindly just living and worrying about ourselves as individuals or be accountable and active. We cannot complain about the society we live in and not do something about it. Yeah, we voted, but that was just the first step. We have to keep going. The thing is, our to-do list is definitely not short. And it will take us time to make progress. We have centuries of damage to undo. But we have to start somewhere. If we all take on an issue, we can stay steadfast on this path of revolution. But I can assure you, what is not going to fix the society is expecting the people who were put down, dismissed, and treated horribly over the last four years to reach out and seek peace with dumpsters. So as of late, one thing that has really set me off are these dumbass posts that are like, why can't we be friends? People are calling for us to be kind to our fellow Americans, regardless of who they voted for. Someone had the audacity to say that whoever was president never mattered to them and that all we need to do is be a good American and be kind to one another and stop arguing. This person is a white, cisgender, straight man. That statement is one that reeks of privilege. What was experienced by so many of us in the last four years was irreprehensible. How are we now expected to extend an olive branch in order to move forward? Someone who thinks our lives do not matter. To someone who thinks COVID is a hoax. To someone who believes that immigrants are ruining this country. It's not happening. Let's talk about being a good American. Even if who is in office doesn't affect you personally, it affects your fellow Americans. And being kind to your fellow American means being empathetic and sympathetic to their experiences. As a result, what matters to your fellow American should matter to you. I do not think it is fair for any good person in this country who voted him out of office to now be expected to reach out their hand in solidarity to dumpster supporters. And definitely not the BIPOC, LGBTQIA plus Muslim and all underprivileged, underrepresented and underserved communities. Do you know what we went through? I have never experienced racism like I had these last four years. Shit, look at the last few months. He told his little white supremacist trolls to stand back and stand by. And 71 million people still voted for him. People have been proud and vocal about their bigotry. Now, they can reap the consequences of what they sowed. Should they seek penance and redemption? Hell yeah! But do not expect us to forgive and forget who they really are. For me, it's as simple as you're either with us on this path to equality, justice, and unity, or you're over there. If a dumpster supporter decides to do the righteous thing and get on board, do not expect us to get them there. Follow us, help us, and shut the fuck up while you sit in the back and learn something. That's how I feel. Now, listen, 
It is also very worrisome to see people say that they are relieved and comfortable. How does this situation make you comfortable in the slightest? This country is still hurting. Nothing changed on November 7th except our next president. Our government is still a product of capitalism, racism, and sexism. And the people who voted to continue this way of life do not deserve our olive branch. People who voted for dumpster voted against our rights as people. Do not expect us to take the high road again. All of you who want us to make nice nice need to be writing about how your dumpster loving family and friends are wrong as hell. Use your privilege for good. The truth of the matter is the excitement of Dumpster being out of office is overshadowed by the numbers. The fact that almost half of the voters voted for Dumpster is heartbreaking, maddening, but unfortunately, not surprising. These numbers show America for who she really is. So I decided to break some of the numbers down. In total, only counting Biden and Dumpster voters... 147,895,799 people voted. 35% of those voters, which is 51,763,529 people, are white men. And 61% of them voted for a dumpster. That equates to 31,575,753 votes. 32% of voters were white women, which is 47,326,559 people. Now, 55% of those voters voted for dumpster. That is 26,029,608 people. So the majority of the population in this country are white which means they make up the majority of the voter population. And the majority of the majority voted against civil liberties and human rights. Now, Black men make up 4% of the voter population, which is 5,915,832 people. Of that, embarrassingly enough, 1,124,008 Black men voted for dumpster. Black women account for 8% of the voting population. That is 11,831,664 people. And only 9% of that population voted for dumpster, which is 1,064,850 votes. From those numbers, I see that out of all the demographics, Black women gave an overwhelming majority of our votes, 90%, 10.8 million votes to be exact, towards Biden so we could get dumpster out. This country was built on the backs of Black people. And when we are needed, Black women are always caregivers and saviors. But this country uses us holds us up as heroes, then belittles and ignores us at every turn. Imagine living in a country that proves over and over that they hate you more than anybody, but you still stand up and do what is right for the preservation of your people and said country. I hope this election is the last election we ever have to save this country without gratitude and action. 
meaning ensuring policies are put in place for our survival, that we are treated equally and not disregarded. Black women save democracy once again. It is time everyone put in that work too. A few episodes ago, I discussed Stacey Abrams and the documentary All In, The Fight for Democracy. What Miss Abrams did for the people of Georgia will go down in history. Instead of pulling the normal politician card and slinking away after a loss, she looked into the situation at hand. How people weren't being allowed to vote, even though they were registered. How they were closing voting stations and only making one available for thousands of people. And if this election has showed you anything, it is the importance of the black vote, which is why they work so hard to suppress our votes. But in the last two years, she worked hard for her state. She was able to register 800,000 new voters before this upcoming election. Do you know how wild that is? And to speak on her, I must also talk about these women who worked alongside her as well. Ense Ufat is the CEO of the New Georgia Project. I began following their page on Instagram, which is at New Georgia Project. The information being provided is so necessary and they inform us, you know, the good Americans, on ways we can help one of our states. So let me interject real quick and talk about the importance of the runoff election in Georgia. I just learned this myself and I will share it with you. A runoff election is basically a redo. Both candidates failed to meet the criteria to win, which in Georgia means acquire at least 50% of the vote. Now, here is why this is so important. Georgia has both Senate seats up for grabs. David Perdue is up for re-election. When he went up against Democrat John Ossoff, he won 49.7% of the vote, and Ossoff got 47.9% of the vote. Isn't it weird how similar those numbers are? 49.7, 47.9. Crazy. I love numbers. So weird. Anyway, now as for Senator Kelly Loeffler, she was only appointed last year because the previous senator, Johnny Isaacson, retired due to health issues. So this was a special election, which if she won, would keep her in office until 2022. Her main opponent is Democrat Reverend Dr. Raphael Warnock, who received 32.9% of the vote as opposed to Loeffler's 25.9% of the vote. These were the top two contenders, so basically they move on to the next round, which is the runoffs. Now, if Georgia's two seats flip blue, there will be 50 Republican senators and 50 Democratic senators. Madam VP-elect will be president of the Senate and therefore the deciding vote. A lot rests on Georgia. Staying informed in the happenings locally in your area and around the country will be extremely beneficial to us in the future. And following pages like New Georgia Project around the country will help keep us informed. Okay, back to celebrating the black woman in Georgia who helped turn around this election. Helen Butler, who is the executive director of the Georgia Coalition for the People's Agenda, also worked diligently with Ms. Abrams. Deborah Scott is the executive director of Georgia's Strategic Alliance for New Directions and Unified Policies, Georgia Stand Up. And last but most certainly not least, Tamika Atkins. She is the executive director of Pro-Georgia. These five women led a charge and managed to get almost a million new voters registered. 
These same voters will vote in January, including all the new 18-year-olds that are about to come through. I will make all of their information available on the website, lanmasters.com slash now what, and that's N-O-W-W-H-A-T. In addition, I will add these key dates for Georgia. December 7th is the voter registration deadline for the runoff. December 14th, early in-person voting begins, and the official runoff election day is January 5th. Share the information and use your voice. Also, shout out to the mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, who has been dealing with messy ass camps bullshit during all of COVID, including trying to sue her for having a mask mandate. Like Atlanta is wilding out out there because their governor is a hot ass mess. I cannot mention Georgia without giving it to the Philly Johns and the DMV. Philadelphia saw the highest voter registration in 35 years. Detroit, another predominantly black community, casted 250,138 votes and 233,908 of those were for Biden. In Philly, 81% of the votes were for Biden. Waves are being made. The black community came out in droves, especially black women. That provides me with some solace. I also want to give a shout out to the indigenous people. 97% of the Navajo Nation voted for Biden in Arizona, which helped to turn the notoriously red state blue. Also, legal weed, what up? (laughs) This country better start treating us with some damn respect. We came out to rescue a country that refuses to acknowledge, accept, and adore us. We did it for not only our own survival, but for our children, our family, our friends, and this nation. 2020 and this election specifically has demonstrated the unlimited power of Black people when we come together to not ask for liberation, but to take it. Fred Hampton is the basis of my revolutionary mentality. He believed that all people of color need to come together and be as one. In New York, this truly meant forming a bond between the Black and Latinx communities. Because my thought process was so similar to his, I have never understood why we couldn't come together. In many instances, we overlap. Black people are Latino, Latino people are Black. When certain people make stupid sentiments, not only do they diminish other women of color, they disregard an entire group within their own community. With that said, let me just give it to Ava Longoria for a quick second. This desperate ass housewife ass chick went on MSNBC and said this. The woman of color showed up in big waves. Of course, you saw in Georgia what black women have done. But Latino women were the real heroines here, beating men in turnout in every state. Oh, child, where do I begin? Why is it that whenever black women are being celebrated, people come out of nowhere to try and bring us down? As another woman of color, how could you not take that moment to elevate black women, to hype us up and thank us, stand in solidarity with us? Instead, you made it a competition. Oh yeah, black women were great, but Latinas were better. That's what it sounded like. 
why not at that moment say, I also want to give it up to Latinas around the country, especially in states like Arizona. Mention how turnout was larger than men and hype up the women in your own community. You can do both. In addition, when you separate black women and Latinas, are you not including Afro-Latinas in your commentary? This is not my community, so I don't want to speak out of turn. But let's look at the numbers for a second, shall we? Latino men make up 5% of the vote, which equates to 7,394,790 people. Latinas are 8% of the vote, the same as black women. So 11,831,664 people. So 36% of Latino men voted for dumpster. That is 2,662,124 votes. As for Latino women, approximately 30% of them voted for dumpster, which is 3,549,499 votes. So for the women now, with the same amount of votes, 90% of black women voted for Biden, opposed to 69% of Latino voters. Again, the same amount of voters as black women. Those are just the numbers. And again, I'm not going to speak on or for a community that is not mine. I will say, though, it is sad to me that we cannot unite and change everything. Why do we have to be a separate entity? Imagine what we could do if we came together. I remember in 2015, 2016, when Dumpster was speaking about the Mexican people in such an unacceptable and despicable way. I remember saying... Us black people better watch out because if he's talking about them like this, he's going to do it to us as well. We're next. Well, I was right. And that's just how I feel in general. When people start talking about another ethnicity around me, I call it out. Usually I give them a confused and disgusted face or I outright say something. You know why? Because if someone is so comfortable trying to make a quote unquote joke about Jewish people, Latinx, Asians, or any other group of people they decide to generalize, I know they're going to be talking to someone else about black people. I do not throw stones in a glass house. Empathy has taken me very far in this life, as well as my belief in karma. Put out what you want to get back. If you never have, please read Martin Niemöller's First They Came. I read that poem in about fifth or sixth grade. We have to look out for each other. As a Caribbean, I know there is a major colorism issue. It is believed by some that the fairer your skin, the looser your hair, the better you are because it's the closer you are to being white. It is assimilation and brainwashing at its finest. It is sad to see people of color think that the evil he spews doesn't include them. At the end of the day, all of our communities have people who voted for dumpster. It's like, why? Especially for the people of color. We need to look inward and figure out what we can do. Then all of us need to come together and unite to make this shit better. In that spirit, Kerry Washington... Hey girl, really? You came running to Ava's defense like he was Olivia Pope, like on some real shit, talking about 
She's like a sister to me, and she didn't mean it like that. I know you heard what she said and how swiftly she brushed off black women, but here's what she actually meant. Stop it. Why must we do this? Don't your back hurt from trying to save and uplift everybody, regardless of whether or not they deserve it? And that is the thing about the elite. The color is irrelevant because all they care about is that green. One thing I hope is eliminated after this year is the obsession with celebrity culture. We cannot rely on these people to do the right thing just because we support them. Look how fast 50 and Lil Wayne threw us away. The people who got them there. I mean, they've been talking that bullshit, but they made their coonery official this year. These celebs have platforms and they are just using it for their personal gain. So take it away. No more streams, no more buys, no more concerts, virtual or otherwise. Nothing. We must hit them where it clearly hurts their pockets. You will no longer be able to use the money you got from us to put us down. You're bugging. And yet you got to laugh at artists like 2 Chains that I'm different. Ding, 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 ding. And all the people looking around like, what? What's happening? And then you got Gaga too, just like doing the most to get people out to vote for Biden. At the end of the day, it's all money. Some take the money and do the right thing. Some take the money and do the wrong thing. No matter what, they take the money. Just watch how some of your faves move. When do they speak up and make their voice heard? Is there a release of some sort, be it music or otherwise, that often follows their post of solidarity? Timing is key. They do it right in front of our eyes. Pay attention. Don't trust the elite. Not any of them. What baffles me in all of this is that Ava Longoria never mentioned Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You want to talk about women in your community making progress and leave out the number one stunner? And it's because Ava Longoria is a DNC cog, always has been. And y'all know how the DNC feel about my queen AOC. AOC reclaimed her seat in the 14th district of New York. She will again be one of our state's congresswomen. She is a progressive. She doesn't stay silent and continuously works to move mountains. So on the 7th, shortly after it was announced that Biden won, homegirl said, yo, party done. Y'all are trash and we got a shit ton of work to do. This is an excerpt from her interview with the Times. But the problem is that right now, I think a lot of Democratic strategy is to avoid actually working through this. Just trying to avoid poking the bear. That's their argument with defunding the police, right? To not agitate racial, racial resentment. I don't think that that's sustainable. She stated that she had been asking the party to let her help them for two years to no avail. The Democrats often state that candidates and policies are too left, casting blame. But it is so stupid when you really think about it. We are living in a country where our lives are being decided by two different groups of people. And one policy can't be too blue or too red. And if it is, then the American people get nothing. That's horrible. So many liberals began criticizing AOC, stating that she should have waited and kept her comments to herself a little bit longer. What? Until when? When the high-ass COVID rates doubled? When another black person is murdered? When exactly was she supposed to wait until? Biden and Harris knows what's up. 
They know most of us only voted for them to get dumpster out. Our elected officials work for us. AOC knows that and is not taking time for a break. I respect her for being bold and keeping it real, which is not what many politicians do. The next day on that Sunday, Patrice Cullors Brignac, who's the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, her Instagram is at O-S-O-P as in Peter, E-P as in Peter, A-T-R-I-S-S-E, met with the other leaders of the organization to pen a letter to the Biden and Harris administration. At the end of the day, we all understand that we cannot wait for something else to happen before we begin making moves. Now is the time. Our revolution didn't stop. We legit took one breath and said, okay, back to it. I want leaders and politicians to do the work, not play the game. This is how it should be. This election is different. We're not going to sit here and smile in each other's faces and make nice until a fair amount of time has passed. We do not have any time to waste. There's a quote from the movie Brick that immediately came to my mind when Biden won. In the very beginning of the movie, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is talking to his principal. He basically sold out one of his fellow classmates. The principal began thanking him and JGL stopped him and said, it was about him getting eaten not you getting fed. And that is it. This election was about us getting dumpster out, not getting Biden and Harris into office. They were a part of the plan, not the plan. Like, boo-boos, this isn't about you. I'm sorry, sweetie. But now that we got you in there, you're going to have to do what we want. And if you don't, we're going to protest and fight until justice is served, there is free health care for all, and that all people have the ability to obtain the equity they deserve. And I respect AOC, the squad, and many activists out there who are like, nah, y'all work for us. You wouldn't be where you are without us. That's the thing. None of us will forget this election. We're not going to just say, okay, you're in office now. Have fun. See you in four years. Shit's changed. And let us not forget, we got Joseph Crime Bill Biden and Kamala I Get Transgender Women Killed When I Send Them to Male Prisons Harris in office. These are not two people I will blindly trust to get shit done. I'm watching them like a hawk. We all have to. We have to remind them how they got here, that this will not be comfortable. They will not coast in these positions. We will not allow it. Black women, we did this. Our vote was not cheap or free. They need to ride for us like we rode for them. And to everyone else, it cannot just be the black community that is out there. We cannot just be the loudest in the room. It has to be all of us together. If we are a united front, we are unstoppable. And I just want to make a quick mention about something. I have such an internal conflict in regards to Madam VP elect. On the one hand, as a black woman, I understand the struggles we go through in the professional workspace. We may often feel as if we have to fall in line and keep our mouths closed. However, 
I will never understand stepping on my people to get to where I am. Never. In every circumstance in which I experienced discrimination in a professional setting, I spoke up and said something, which may explain why I'm not as as far in my career as I could have been. But guess what? I may be broke, but my integrity is fully intact. The conflict comes for me on a personal level. How can I not be excited to see a black woman in the second highest level of office in America? America of all places. This is a huge step forward for us. The representation for the little ones, ugh. They don't know her professional record. All they see is possibility and a reflection of themselves. Even for me as an adult, Kamala Harris is a first-generation kid of two immigrant parents, like me. Her father is a Jamaican man, like mine. I see me in her. Lord, and us Jamaicans know we are basically all related, some way, somehow. She may even be one of my cousins. But because of all that, I have to ensure she does right by us. She's not going to get a pass from me. So where I stand is I'm allowing myself to feel both feelings, to be able to say I'm proud, I'm honored, I'm excited, and I'm hopeful, but also say I don't trust you and I'm going to watch you like a hawk and make sure you get done what you said you was going to do. And we got you into this position in which you're able to change the world. And as my girl Leanne says, she needs to write all of her wrongs. Kamala Harris becoming the first black Indian female VP is not something I could have envisioned actually happening in this country. And truly, I believe this is one of the silver linings in all of this, the election and the dumpster years. What did these last four years mean for us as a nation? What did we learn? How do we move on? Racism just can't go back to microaggressions and passive aggressive bigotry. We need to abolish it, which is almost impossible because some humans are just trash and will always be trash. Dumpster was a symptom of a much bigger problem in this country. How do we resolve it? Well, we stop it from spreading on an individual, professional, and social level. We need to correct people. We need to call them out. Do not tolerate any type of derogatory treatment, whether it affects you personally or another human being. I'm so thankful for all the people who took off their mask, honestly, and then refused to put it back on, literally. These racist fools showed their asses. We now know who you are. Thankfully, No one in my immediate circle was on some dumb shit. But in the past four years, I've removed many people from my outer, outer, outer circles. We now see people for who they are and realize that it was their funky energy that was probably bringing us all this bad luck in the first place. But now we know who smiled in our faces, but hope for our demise behind our backs. It is better to know your enemy than to never see them coming. The good people in this country need to come together. We will not agree on all the particulars, 
But we should be able to agree on free health care, equality and justice for all, especially black, indigenous, Latinx, LGBTQIA plus and all other marginalized peoples getting rid of this dumbass, racist ass electoral college system and dismantling this sick and twisted government ruled by capitalism. We need to move in unison like a choreographed piece. Every person has their lane and their role. This is going to be hard, but we already know we're starting out with more on our team than theirs. It's not many more, but we still got the advantage. We need to focus within our individual communities and as a whole. We must get involved on a local level. Find out when your upcoming elections are taking place. From the school board to the Senate, we have to vote. Attend town hall meetings and bring up issues that need to be addressed. We also need to pay attention to elections around the nation. As we have learned, they can affect all of us. Continue to educate yourself. Read local publications from around the country. Make sure you're following local and national activists. I added the page Now What to the website. When you go to lanmasters.com slash now what, you'll be able to find a list of activists and organizers I follow. In addition, there'll be a form in which you can send me pertinent accounts as well. I will also try my best to consistently update the site with relevant information on ways in which we can help each other. If we take this piece by piece, town by town, what we have to do will not seem as overwhelming. As of right now, we have four years to start putting work, 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 put in work. It starts immediately, but it also doesn't end after those four years. We have to be the change we seek to achieve. None of this works unless we work it. Here are the top five songs that helped get us through election week. This list has been curated by some of my favorite people. A quick bonus track, Killing in the Name of Rage Against the Machine. This song has been the voice of the people for several decades, but especially now. Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Hello. Also, seeing some dumpster divers dancing to this song with the Blue Lives Matter flag on election night really cracked me all the way up. Like, y'all are really dumb. But thanks for submitting this track to me, Tori. Number five, Vote Baby Vote by D-Light, courtesy of my baby girl, Jame. Now, I had never heard this tune before, but I knew I knew this group. We all do. The chills that you spill up my back keeping me filled with satisfaction when we're done. Satisfaction of what's to come. I couldn't ask for another. I, 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 I couldn't ask for another. Groove is in the heart. Okay. <laughs> Let me stop. Vote Baby Vote was written in 1992 and was used as a PSA for Rock the Vote, which was designed to get more people registered. Many of artists and celebrities were and continue to be a part of this organization to get the message to vote out. The lyrics of this tune are literally, Vote Baby Vote! Are you registered, baby? The song is legit 33 seconds long and its only purpose is to get you registered to vote, baby. 
And there's no way we could have gotten through this week and made it here without voting. Number four, Motown Philly by Boys to Men, courtesy of my homie and former roomie, Vanessa. To all my Philly Johns, we couldn't have done it without you. This tune goes out to my aunt, uncle, and cousin holding it down in Philadelphia. I would like to personally thank them. I mean, I can't think of Philly and not think of this legendary Boys to Men tune. This is a group's debut single off of Cooley High Harmony. I still have the CD, which I managed to get signed by them when I worked at Livewire in Arizona. But I was too chicken to go get it myself, even though the tour manager offered to walk me into the back. But my GM came through for me, went in there and got it signed. Shout out to my mom for mailing me the CD from New York. Also, the last concert I went to before lockdown was Boys to Men with my mom right at the beginning of March. Okay, so if you think of this as this election being over and dumpster getting out of office, these lyrics hit. Back in school, we used to dream about this every day. Could it really happen or do dreams just fade away? Yo, and their scatting skills were on point. That's a whole vibe. Number three, Wake Me Up by Avicii, courtesy of my girl Lauren. First and foremost, rest in peace, Avicii. Gone way too soon. Again, just because times are really hard right now, if you're ever in need, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that is 1-800-273-8255. This song was the perfect backdrop for election week. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser and I'm older. Like straight up, I just wanted it to end. Every day was like Groundhog's Day. Well, more so than usual. I literally jumped up out of bed every morning checking my phone, waiting for a call back from the country I'm dating like a bird. When Lauren sent me this song, I was like, yeah, this is it. Number two, Follow Me, Club Mix by Ally Us, courtesy of one of my day ones, Shanice. All of election week, I found myself randomly busting out into dance like a fool. It was calming, and I very much enjoy having a good laugh at myself. Over the weekend, I attended Katrinata's virtual tour. I paid $11 to get drunk and dance to a K-set in the dark in my room. And I'd do it again. That was on Friday night. It helped me get loose and put me in a good mood. So by the time Saturday came around, my spirits were already uplifted. Dancing releases so much stress. First of all, you're getting the blood pumping, which releases your endorphins. Second of all, it's freeing and just so much fun. Follow Me Club Mix is such a banger, and it's a perfect jam to dance to during this time. It has a fun, swingy beat, but there's also so much meaning in the song. Follow me, da, 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 why don't you follow me? To a place we can all be free. Boom, 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 boom. Why don't you follow me? Okay. 
This straight up put me in such a good mood when I heard it on Tuesday. I'm so grateful for this one. Number one, FDT by YG and Nipsey Hussle, courtesy of my homie Mike from Phoenix and basically everyone else. Obviously, this tune is number one. It actually went number one during this week on almost every chart you can think of. It perfectly encapsulates the last four years. Anyone who knows me knows that I avoid saying this troll's name because it makes me sick. But I mean, after this last week, there really isn't much else to say other than fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. I would love to know what jams got you through this week. Send me your top five by visiting launmaster.com slash top five. Also, listen to the Election Day 2020 vibes and top five playlist on Spotify at LA Unmastered. All right, y'all, as always, I extend to you my sincerest gratitude for listening and supporting LA Unmastered. With this episode in particular, I hope you learned and are able to share some of the knowledge you acquired here today. The only way this works is if we all move forward together. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LA Unmastered and feel free to reach out to me via email LA at LAUnmastered.com or call me at 646-389-9079. Thank you to the most talented composer I know who is also the best show editor ever, Zachary Mezzo. That dope-ass theme song y'all be vibing to on this show is all him, so check out his music at SoundCloud.com slash Zachary dash Mezzo. I would like to share with you one of my favorite quotes from my queen mother, Angela Davis. I'm no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I'm changing the things I cannot accept. May your day be filled with peace, love, and music. And America, make sure we stay doing it.